as a father to two young children, I know the feeling of being overwhelmed, of feeling like you're not measuring up to expectations, the expectations of others, the expectations of your kids, maybe your wife, and the expectations you have of yourself. Now, the truth is, it's okay to have expectations of yourself. You want to grow. We want you to improve. We want to become dads making a difference. The issue lies with men. We often will, when overwhelmed, shut ourselves in. We will close ourselves off and say, I can figure this out on my own. And the truth is, you won't be able to figure it out on your own. We need help. We need guidance, accountability, a brotherhood. Well, my guest today is Seth Studley. Seth is a licensed marriage and family therapist for over 15 years. He is a high-performance marriage coach and host of the Anatomy of Us podcast, where he and his wife share and create resources that they wish they had in their own marriage. And Seth is going to share with you a fascinating story of how he went from traveling musician to therapist. And you might think that's quite the change, and it really is. But it comes back to a moment in time where Seth's wife, Melanie, actually gave him a black eye. He's going to tell all about that and how that turning point in their marriage set him on a path to become a therapist to help men in their marriage and to help men become better fathers. So you're going to learn how to balance maintaining a wonderful marriage while also being a good dad. He's going to help you understand the concept of family origin and how that impacts our role as a father. And you're going to learn how to deal with being overwhelmed as a dad, because we all get there. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. My conversation with Seth Studley starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Seth, welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, brother. Excited to have you on today. What's up, Cam? How's it going, man? Man, it is going well. You know, when we were talking just before we hit record here, it's been a day. It's been a couple of days. And I think that's one of the most exciting parts of being a dad and doing this type of thing is life is unpredictable, but it would be boring yeah. if it was predictable, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If we could predict everything, then that's just too, that doesn't sound like much fun to me. No. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, it is. So I'm out in Seattle and we've had the best weather the last two days. And we're, we're actually going out of town this weekend over to the East coast and it's going to be like 85 and sunny here for the next six to seven days. So we're like, ah, oh, man, we're missing some really great weather. Um, but so yeah, uh, all, all is good. I've been, uh, spending some time outside. I've recently gotten, gotten into archery. So I've just been doing a lot of, uh, practice today and which is, which is really cool. It's kind of relaxing and calming. So it was a lot of fun. That's excellent. You know, I, I typically will start with a question. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? We know you live in Seattle and you like shooting mm -hmm. stuff with arrows, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but Seth, yeah, why don't you take a moment and, you know, just let the guys know who are listening, who you are um, mm -hmm. and what you're passionate about. Because in the intro, I, I shared about, you know, your anatomy of us that you do with your wife. But yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now. <clears throat> 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, thanks for inviting me on the show. Uh, it's going to be a good conversation. Hopefully, we'll help some help some dads out in a good way. But uh, yeah, my name is Seth. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been uh, practicing in private practice and agency work for close to 15 years now. But way before that, I am from South Carolina, uh, born and raised there, grew up there, moved out to Seattle when I was around um, 24 or so. And uh, I moved out to Seattle to pursue a music career. I play drums and me and my buddies moved out here. We got signed to a record label, did some touring, Amazing. all kinds of stuff, and then uh, quit the band and met Melanie and then did my graduate work out here. But uh, Melanie, my wife, of course, is my um, <clears throat> co-host on an Anatomy of Us podcast. We talk about all things marriage, parenting, life, everything. And we've been married for close to 19 years. It'll be 19 years in August. We've got three awesome kids out here um, just outside of um, Seattle, a little town called Maple Valley. And um, yeah, I, I do consulting work um, for some uh, tribes actually out in the Northwest and uh, mental health consulting work, uh, a little bit of private practice on the side and then uh, full-time podcasters and uh, high-performance marriage coaches. So that's that's the quick, quick version of, of who I am and what we do. Amazing. So I'm curious, Seth, what got you to this point? You know, you started off, you were passionate about the music, uh, had the band, you were doing the music thing. And but here you are and you're helping people with marriage. Like, how did this happen? Because if you see one, you don't typically see the other and you don't see them connect. So how make the connection for us? Well, I have always been um, in the helping profession some way or another. Uh, in high school and college, I worked, did a lot of work with um, mental health and also a lot of work in the special needs community. I'm doing Special Olympics, uh, you know, helping, doing respite work with, with folks. And cool. then I've just uh, just always helped as as I could. It's just not something that I kind of chose. It's just something that came to me. You know, it's like God God gave me that um, uh, that capacity, I guess. And I wanted to pursue that further. And I was like, okay, well, I'll um, be a therapist. That sounds cool. So did uh, three years of graduate work out here in Seattle. But yeah, it's not it's not. Um, I I don't really know of other uh, touring drummer musicians that switch to. Uh, becoming a, a therapist. Um, but that's that's the path that I took. And then the the roles that Melanie and I do now mm -hmm. as high performance marriage coaches, as having a marriage podcast was birthed from some really terrible and very difficult times in our marriage. Uh, short story, we were both Christians, both in church, serving at the church. I was uh, very early on a therapist and we went through a very rocky time and ended up my wife giving me a black eye which that's a very wake up call, you know, a huge wake up, call. like a punch like, in know, the face, like a, like a punch in the face. And I sported okay. a, a real actual black eye for about two weeks. And, you know, Mike Tyson says, we all have a plan until we get punched in the face. Right. Yeah. And right. I'm, and I was like, okay, what, what is going on? And that started our really deep dive into all the things that were really wrong with ourselves individually. And of course, wrong with our marriage. And it was a real wake up call for both of us, you know, nobody gets married thinking, well, someday, you know, I'll punch my husband in the face or, I, you know, my wife will punch me in the face. We don't, we don't think these things, right? So through a lot of praying and a lot of counseling, a lot of therapy, we made it through that time. And it took about a year and a half, two years to actually make it through. And after we were on, on the other side of that, we were actually uh, on a drive up to Seattle, going to see a bluegrass concert. It was really terrible traffic. So we said, hey, yeah. let's record a conversation of how we made it through. Mm. How did we make it through? What were some of the tenets that we that we practiced? What you know, right. what because we, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't still be married, right? So we started that and we created the podcast that we wish we had 
when we were going through that stuff. So one of our, our sayings is we create the resources that we wish we would have had. Um, I love that. Very practical resources, podcasts. We share how we got through it, what we do, and then other really practical tips for, for couples to, to walk through and listen to. I love that. I love that because a very similar mindset when it comes to why I'm doing this and why I bring guys like you on is because we, th- there's a saying that you just need to be one one chapter ahead of the class, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it was Catch Me If You Can in the movie where he said, you know, I was just oh, yeah. one chapter ahead of the class, one day ahead of the class. My journey and your journey, each of us have had different experiences in our life, but we find ourselves maybe just one chapter ahead of the guys who are going through it, something we went through last year or 10 years ago. Um, so I love that. I love that that's what inspired you to start your podcast and you and your wife together. You don't, you don't see that very often of a couple doing that together. Um, I'm curious. Uh, I hope I can ask this question. Uh, yeah, anything. I'm all open. Before the punch in the eye, mm-hmm. things okay? They, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, why would your wife punch you in the face? Yeah, that's a great question. I should have I followed up with that. So we were in church at the time, right? And I grew up Christian. Uh, Melanie became a Christian when she was 19. So we, we were in the church and, you know, getting all these lessons and like, okay, what does it mean to be, you know, a husband, a man, a dad? All these things, same thing for Melanie. And I felt really convicted. And I was like, okay, you know, I don't want any any barriers between me and my wife. So I need to come clean, right? And I had confessed to her about the struggle that a lot of guys have of looking at pornography, right? Mm, and it okay. wasn't like an addiction. It was just something that happened like a handful of times, but I still felt convicted inside of like, I, I, I need to tell her this, right? But it wasn't, and Melanie will tell you this too, it wasn't just the confession that kind of, uh, put her over the edge. It was all the, the miscommunication, the missed expectations, the, the way that we talked to one another, um, what we thought it would be versus how it was. And, and, and also, this is a really big factor. She was postpartum about two weeks with our second son. Okay. That's so, what so I, was, post- I was curious too, if you had kids at this time. Yeah. Yeah. We had okay. just had our second son and she was suffering from some postpartum depression. So there was some mental health stuff in there, but it wasn't just the confession that like, you know, broke the, broke the dam and all this stuff. Yeah. It was the, the years of, of just not knowing how to communicate well and all the other stuff that we brought into the marriage. But, and this sounds odd, but that was one of the best things that could ever have happened to me and our marriage. You know, mm-hmm. of course, when you're going through it, you don't think that at all. Doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. I would not wish this on anyone, but we wouldn't have our third child. We wouldn't have uh, over 500 episodes of our show not a, a thriving coaching practice. We wouldn't have any of that had she not punched me in the face, which sounds really weird, but no. it is true. So yeah, that, that was, that was the reason. And as we, as we do the work with couples and, you know, get emails and all kinds of correspondence, our story is not too far-fetched. Like we hear this thing over yeah. and over and it doesn't have to be about confessions or whatnot. It's just about, we're missing the connection with our partner over and over and over and resentments build up and, and, and trust is broken and all this stuff. So it's a very common issue. It's a very common problem, but a lot of the stuff out there doesn't address it. At least it wasn't addressing it how we wished it would be addressed. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, necessity is the mother of invention. I'm a yeah. therapist. Let's start our own podcast. And, and here we are six years later. Amazing. If you're listening to this right now, I encourage you to go listen to the anatomy of us podcast, because there's a lot of marriage information out there for, for people. People seek it out. There's books, there are other podcasts, but it's kind of, it's kind of dry, man. Like it's dry. It's a little bit boring. It's not, you listen to it and you're like, this doesn't seem real. Like how, 
this doesn't seem real. It seems scripted. I'm sure there's more going on here than meets the eye. Um, but for the two of you, it's so real and yeah. it's applicable and it's based on your own experience and the conversations that you have. And of course your expertise, but I really appreciate that. And I just want to let you know, I appreciate how real it is and how applicable it is to the listener because you give actionable steps every day. That every time you do a episode where you be, Oh yeah, I can take that. Or maybe that's something I need to navigate, you know, yeah. with my wife. So no, I appreciate that. So if you're listening to this, go check that podcast out. We'll make sure that the link is in the show notes. Absolutely. Uh, but for you, your dad. So yes. I want to shift gears a little bit because your dad, you have three and now you have all these things on the go. Okay. So being passionate about marriage and building something so significant with your wife, how have you been able to balance that with still being a dad for the three kids? Yeah. It, it, sometimes it gets unbalanced, right? But I'm yeah. always fairly hyper aware of like, okay, let's bring this back into balance. And we, we, we do have three kids. We have a 15 year old boy, 14 year old boy and an 11 year old daughter, right? So Amazing. they're all over the place. You know, they got violin lessons. They got Taekwondo, you know, one goes to the skate park and mountain biking. We're just running kids around all the time. Right. <clears throat> and, and one, one thing that I, I try to do, well, I have I do a, a, a lot of things, right. But yeah. One thing that's really helpful in my own fatherhood, I guess, journey process is I try to put myself in my kids' shoes. I try to remember as best as I can, hey, what did it feel like to be 15? Yeah. What did it feel like to be 13 or, or 11, right? What is it going to feel like when our kids are 18 and stuff? So I'm always trying to, you know, I'm not a mind reader, obviously, and but if I, I, I find it <clears throat> helpful. Hey, what might one of my kids be going through right now? Hmm. What, what was I thinking as a 15 year old boy? You know, not much, just eat and do stuff. Right. Um, but I try to really put myself back as a 15 year old, 14 year old, 11 year old. Well, a daughter, that's a different experience. Obviously I'm a guy, so I yeah. can't, you know, resonate with that hundred percent, but what would I would have wanted? What would I have appreciated when I was you know, growing up in my teen years. And then I try to give that to my sons according to their personality and their little, you know, idiosyncrasies and stuff like that too. And another thing, and I, I think this is going to really resonate with dads. If this may be the first time you've heard this concept, great, because it is super helpful. So I have an 11 year old daughter, right? And I still tuck her in at night, you know, and this still, you know, very huggy and, you know, lovey and stuff like that, which is awesome. Yeah, I love and it. almost every single night, Cam, she says, Hey dad, can you tell me a juicy story? You know? So like, you know, air quotes, like a juicy story, like, Hey, tell me something. And what she yeah. always wants to hear is about things that I've done, places I've been, what I did as a kid. And this is really funny because I remember my mom, I used to love to hear my mom tell stories of her childhood, you know, just whatever it could be. Hey, we walked to the store and got bubble gum and, you know, saw a deer on this. I don't know, whatever. Right. But yeah. I love that. And so the opportunity for me to get to do that for my daughter, sure. Oh, you know, maybe they messed around and going to bed late and the kids are crazy and stuff. That happens often, right? And I'm like, no, we don't have time. You know, uh, you should have asked earlier. And I, I have, I'm, I'm not thinking that way because mm -hmm. you guys, and I'm like speaking directly to the dads, there will be a time where she stops asking for a juicy story, right? Yeah. Yeah. There will be a time when Oh, they, they aren't asking and stuff. And that's just the, you know, normal developmental stages of a kid. Right. But right. I want to really pay attention and honor that time because dad, you don't get that time back. 
right? And I would much rather err on the side of like, oh, I'm in the present. I'm in the present rather than I wish I would have. You know what I'm saying? So that, that, yeah, that's, that's one thing that's so powerful. If we can grasp that concept, it is very, very powerful. Yeah. you're, You're speaking my language, man. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. My daughter Maya is 11 years old. Nice. And she goes into middle school next year here. So grade six yep. is middle school. So she too, goes yeah. to middle school. We just did a middle school tour last week and she's so mm-hmm. excited. But we are still at the point where every night it's like the cuddles, the thing, you know, we read, but it's it's reading like it's reading. And then it's more talking in between the pages and then she'll get mm-hmm. distracted and she'll want to ask a question. Exactly what you shared. She'll say that like, what was it like when, you know, grandma did this or yeah. when you were growing up, what was grandpa like, or what was your relationship with grandpa? Like she asked me that at the dinner table a couple of weeks ago, you know, dad, did, did you and grandpa like wrestle on the ground and do these types of things? So it was, it's really cool to, to see she asks those questions, but I'm with yeah. you, man. I'm worried that that will stop. And I don't think it will stop completely, but mm-hmm. I think the context of it will change. It won't be me lying on her bed at nine 30 at night when she should have been asleep for a little bit, just right. telling stories. But I cherish those and I'm, I'm glad that you do too. And it's yeah, a challenge it, to the guys listening to this to do the same. Yeah, for sure. And, and I know that this is true because my son, my oldest son, used to do that too, right? When he was around yeah. that age, like 10, 11, maybe not 12. I think it was, you know, kind of capped off at around 11. But we don't do that anymore. We connect differently, of course, but it looks different. So I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is a finite thing. Let me, let me really pay attention and be wise about it and steward it well. So yeah, guys, put that on your, your A-list. Um, this is some, some super yeah. practical uh, advice from, well, you too, from, from both of us. So, Well, while we're talking about telling stories to our kids and reflecting on like what our journeys were, you know, as young men growing up, mm-hmm. in, you have uh, a passion for helping people with their marriages, but also passionate about helping guys become really great fathers. And when we got to speak previously to this call, you brought up family of origin and what, how, what shapes us comes from our past. And so when you were telling the, the story about, yeah, I'd like to share with my daughter about what had happened in my life, these juicy stories, but it just reminded me of family of origin. Can you explain this uh, yeah. to me? So I have a better understanding of how this impacts, you know, my role and the, the guys listening to this, our roles as fathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so family of origin is a concept that I was introduced to in in graduate school and being trained as a systems thinker, I was trained to like look at the whole picture of of problems within the context of mental health within the family and uh, the individual, right? So family of origin can be summed up as it's basically the university of relationships. 
in in our family of origin, we learn how to speak to one another. We learn how to communicate verbally and non-verbally. We we understand oh, what mom's role was, what dad's role was, what my role is, right? And of course, these can be good and bad in, in all contexts, but it's basically, think of it as a family tree, like the family of origin, biological or not, right? Mm-hmm. It is the the family, the, the primary caregivers that you are surrounded with uh, in your really developmental years, you know, basically until you move out of the house pretty much. And you as a dad uh, are going to take those characteristics, good and bad, the things you've learned, you know, what to do, what not to do. And you are going to perpetuate that in your family. One of, one of the sayings that I love, which is so makes so much sense to me, to those dads out there, we are creating our children's family of origin right now. Okay. Right. So, yeah. so when, when they, you know, dads, your kids are learning how to talk to their future wife or, or husband, right? They're learning how to communicate, how to, you know, have a fixed mindset or growth mindset, all this stuff. Yeah. It's imprinting our kids in a very real way. So also think about it like a family tree. You know, our family of origin is how we basically got here. We are just the latest iteration of a long family line, line that, you know, goes back for forever, basically. And, and now it's, it's come to you, your turn. And you are imparting that upon your kids, good and bad, right? So yeah. once we become aware of that, we can go, oh, wait, I want to take some of the really positive, strong, encouraging things that I learned from my dad mm-hmm. or family of origin and perpetuate those. And I'm going to identify the things that I don't like. I didn't like when my, when my dad was impatient with me or, or yelled at like, or treated my mom a certain way. Um, I didn't like that. I'm going to identify it and then take the steps necessary to not perpetuate that in my relationship and also in my current family. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have a question. What encouragement would you give to the men listening to this right now who are thinking about this and who already feel um, they're listening to this right now because they're they're seeking some help. They're seeking some direction, maybe a couple pointers or things that they can do in their family to help build a relationship and build a bond with their kids. And they hear about family of origin and they hear about their role in shaping their kids' family of origin. And they take that with a little bit of overwhelm. Like, oh, yeah. wow, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, oh man, how am I going to do this? And they start to spiral a little bit. I, you know, yeah. conversations with guys, they just tend to spiral without like stopping and saying they can do it. What encouragement or a direction would you have for a dad who's listening right now who feels that way? Yeah, well, first, uh, congratulations for even having these conversations. And I know it can be overwhelming because a lot of us, not everyone, maybe, well, I'm just going to venture. It's like, no, there, there's, there have, with all the guys I've talked to, there have always been things in their family of origin that they did not want to perpetuate, right? Some are more obvious than others, like, oh, I had, you know, drug addicted dads or, you know, alcohol or my dad was, you know, he left or this or that, right? Clearly, we don't want to perpetuate that, right? Um, But when we get into the more nuanced things, and remember, we go to what we know. So what you saw in your family of origin, if not identified and addressed, it's like the default mode Mm. when you are, you know, in a new family with your wife and, and your kids and stuff like that. So first, congratulations for even having these conversations. The work has to be done in order to get to the other side, right? Um, the only way out is through, right? So identifying these things as tough and as, as, as difficult as they may be, that is the work. And I would encourage you guys not to get overwhelmed and not to internalize those things. Oh, man, how can I do this? It's too big. I can never. No, you can do it. Thousands of men have, right? Yep. But they haven't done it alone. Right. So you need to get in 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 uh in in contact with guys like yourself, listens to shows like yours, um, 
get into different mastermind groups and have conversations and learn from other guys who at least are doing it, who are maybe one day ahead of you or, or one, one, one step ahead of you in that, because yeah. that's, that's how we learn. So I really would, it's easy. It's really easy for guys to, to um, have a negative self-talk and have a negative tape recorder, you know, because there's a lot of pressure to do right, do the best we can and all that stuff, which is admirable. Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that becomes just overwhelming. And then we start to beat ourselves up. Right. So right. give yourself a little bit of grace and go, hmm, okay, I have identified the things that I don't want to perpetuate in my family. Now, let me take the steps to get help and not perpetuate those things. And when that negative self-talk comes up, when that negative tape recorder uh, comes up, I, I call this, this is the little intervention I do with clients. It's called shake some truth on it, right? So pretend this is a salt shaker, if, if you guys are watching. This is a salt shaker. And put in this salt shaker... I am a good dad. I am changing my family of origin. I spend time with my kids. I am present. All these are truths, right? And when those negative tape recorders come up, negative self-talk comes up, shake some truth on it. Oh man, this is too hard. This is crazy. No, I'm working on it. I've identified these things. I have a plan. I'm accountable to other guys. Shake some truth on it. And that that will really, really get you through. So just a word of encouragement. I know this work is hard from doing it myself. I mean, it's a work in progress, honestly, always. There's always new yeah. things to learn, but give some grace to yourself and go, oh, I am changing. Change is hard, but if it wasn't hard, then everybody would do it. So this is worth doing. Amazing. Shake some, some truth on it. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to do that yeah. because, you know, even, even, you know, guys will listen to a podcast and just because you have a podcast, sometimes they think you haven't figured out. <laughs> it's so right. far from oh, the boy. truth. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, I've had conversations with you and other guys where I'm like, a little bit of this is selfish because I learned so much through the conversations that I have. And I think you've just challenged me to uh, implement a little stopgap in my own thinking of saying, you know, this is hard. I like hard things. I'm committed mm-hmm. to growing through that. But yes. there are times when you just get punched in the face, no pun intended here, but punched in the face with like hard things over and over and over again, where you're just like, okay, come on. Like, I can't get your break here. This yeah. is a little bit overwhelming, but to shake some truth on it and know that even the process of thinking about it and vocalizing it and surrounding yourself with, uh, I like what you said, surrounding yourself with men who can support you in that. Like that is yeah. such a huge step. That's such a oh, huge yeah. step. It, it's, I mean, uh, what, what, you know, a couple of verses in the Bible talk about like, you know, a, a cord of three is stronger than two or, you know, two mm-hmm. is better than one kind of thing. Right. And we, we say this to coaching clients often, if we could have done something, whatever it is, something hard, pick up a giant couch, take it out, you know, four stairs of flights by yourself. I mean, uh, flights of stairs by yourself or do the emotional work. If we could have done it alone, guess what? We would have done it by now. Yeah. Right. Right. But sometimes we can't do things alone and guys, you know, we like to white knuckle it and oh, I can do it. And so, but sometimes we do that so much to our detriment and we go, oh man, I've wasted a couple of years just trying to do it alone. Right. And if you could have done it alone, you would have done it by now. So a wise man, a wise dad goes, hmm, all right, I can't do this. There's no shame in that. In fact, that's a strong thing, right? Having the wisdom to identify what you can and can't do. I need some help on this. You know, if, if, um, say, say that you were moving, right. And you had like, like a couch or a giant TV and you're just struggling, you know, maybe going to throw your back out, trying to get this crazy couch, you know, out this door and down the stairs and stuff like that. That just wouldn't be a smart thing to do, but you give me a call. Hey, Seth, can you come over and give me a hand? Yeah, no problem. There's no shame in that. Oh, Cam, you can't do it by yourself. You know what? uh, No, there's no shame in that. But a lot of the time, a lot of times guys don't do that. And they have that negative self-talk going on, right? That stops them from making progress just because we don't want to ask for help. Right. 
And you have lots of conversations with men. And I'm curious, you know, when men come to you, what are they seeking? Like, what are they looking for? Mm, that's a great question, Cam. Um, let's, let's just say in, in, the, in the context of, of dads, right? Yeah. So if we're having a conversation about fatherhood, it often, often goes back to what kind of dads these men had, right? Mm -hmm. And like I said before, it, it goes, a lot of it goes back to family of origin. And oh, I didn't learn how to talk to my wife respectively, respectfully. I didn't, my dad didn't spend time with me. He was always gone, you know, things like this. My dad was shameful or super judgy. How do I not perpetuate that in my family? Right. Yeah. So types of questions in there. A lot of guys, here's another thing with all the clients that I've seen, most people barring some chronic, you know, very chronic mental health issue. Most people, guys, especially, we want to do the best we can with what we have for people we love, right? Mm, love that. And so like when, when, when guys come to me, like joining the mastermind or doing coaching, guys are in search of tools. Hey, I want to talk to my wife respectfully. I want to be connected to her. I want so deeply to connect with my kids, but I just don't have the tools right now. Okay, great. Mm. We can work with that because the desire and the acknowledgement is there. Now we just need tools and practice and accountability, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of guys come to me in, in that way. I'm having trouble with um, my say nine-year-old daughter, right? She won't do what I ask. You know, she won't sit at the table, this and this and this. Um, and oftentimes, uh, you know, kids screaming and crying, we call that emotional dysregulation, right? Yeah. And sometimes us dads come in the picture and go, oh, well, this is how it's going to be. And, um, you know, basically, shame to say it, kind of making the situation worse, right? Yeah. We're pouring gas on the fire, right? Because yeah. you can't, and this is, I'm getting to a point here. This is what a lot of conversations that I have with my, my dads in my groups. You can't regulate a dysregulated child if you become dysregulated too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's these things called mirror neurons, like yeah. mirror in imaging neurons, right? Like if you and I are having a conversation, I smile. What are you going to do? Most likely smile back. Smile. We're having, yeah. we're having a conversation, right? Kids are no different. So if a kid is crying or, or being disruptive or whatnot, obviously there's something going on, right? right? You as a dad have a lot of strength, have a lot of calming power, but first you have to be calm yourself, right? So mm. as, as the subject of um, being, being a dad with, with kids, I often go, okay, you have to have it first. You have to go into that situation, calm as possible, Put a different hat on. You're not getting home from work. You're not like business dad, entrepreneur dad here. You're dad yeah. dad, right? You're dad mode. Yeah. So what hat do you need to wear to serve your kid the best? And and for some folks, that's just like, ooh, light bulb kind of moment, right? Because right. maybe we maybe that wasn't modeled when we were younger, but we have those conversations and learn the tools and stuff. So, hey, your kid is basically almost going to do what you do, right? So if they're yelling and you're yelling them back, you're just going to amp it up a hundred times, right? But if they're yelling and you show uh, empathetic listening, reflective listening, calmness, their mirror neurons in their brain are going to reflect that back to you. And then we're going to simmer everything down. And then you can have a conversation. Oh, and then figure out, oh, you know, they were bullied at school that day. It's not like they just don't want to eat their food and, you know, messing around at the table. They had a bad day. And you can't get to the root of that if you're going in there yelling, just making things worse. So that is one thing. I mean, you know, there's a billion things that we talk to dads about, but that's one thing, at least pertaining to kids that we, we uh, have a um, conversation about regularly. Yeah, it's a powerful realization, right? Mm -hmm. That you need, that they're going to mirror you. Yeah. You're the adult in that scenario and you come into it and it's, sometimes it's so hard to be calm. Um, 
but they just take mm-hmm. that breath. I think we've all been there. We've oh, all yeah. to take that breath, yeah. breath, and just say, sit over there for a moment, you know, mm-hmm. and you breathe through it. Chill um, out, gather your thoughts. Yeah, you have an opportunity and a privilege to, you know, work with men through so many things, with marriage, with being a dad, uh, professionally. For you, you mentioned getting the tools. What is something, Seth, that you, what's a tool that you've added to your toolbox lately? Or what have you learned about fatherhood lately that's impacted mm-hmm. you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, but before that, like we, we have to have the desire, right, to, mm. to want to improve. And I'm sure your listeners, yeah. because they're listening to a show, they have that growth mindset. They have yeah. that, that desire to be the best dad that they can be, right? right. And, and recently, um, we were... Uh, just uh, on a, on a show before this and uh, the host was talking about um, uh, a concept of fierce empathy, right? And it's a really, really cool concept, but being empathetic, uh, showing empathy, like, like I said before, putting, putting yourself in your kid's shoes when they were maybe 12, 13, 14. Oh, what did they need? You know, what did they need at the time? And I'm saying that to, to kind of like tee up this concept that, I, I learned a while back, but it is it is really it's really important, right? And it's been a, a great tool that I've been able to use with my kids. Um, it's called, uh, and this this is connected here. It's called reparenting, right? So, um, reparenting is the concept of we're an adult now, right? Grown grown man, going back when you were fifteen, fourteen, whatever it was, and if you didn't get something at that age from your father or mother or family of origin, what other person in the world knows better than what you needed than you, mm-hmm. right? Like like the mature adult version of you, you know? Oh, when I was 15 and I was going through that thing, whatever it was, I wish my dad would have, you know, fill in the blank, right? So you have the power, it's an exercise actually that I walk through clients with, you have the power to go back and reparent and give your 15 year old self what you needed right? So how do I use that as being a dad now? First, I have to go get it. If I wanted to give you a dollar, but I had zero dollars in my pocket, no, no matter if I had the strongest desire in the world, I cannot produce a dollar to give to you, right? So you can't give what you don't have. So by doing that practice, having that in your toolbox, you are, are, are setting yourself up for success to give your kids what they need. And of course, kids have different personalities and everything. So it's not going to be exactly what you needed, clearly, obviously. Um, but as a, as a present and uh, good dad that's paying attention, you're most likely going to know what your kids' needs are, right? So using that practice of reparenting, first go getting it yourself and then being able to insert yourself into the mind, the world. What is your kid thinking, right? So just that little simple tool uh, can be really – it's like a gift that you can give to your kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like dads have the opportunity to really give – what they may have not received growing up mm-hmm. and it's not it, it, it's not like a you know a, a lamenting thing i'm so sad that my dad didn't do this or whatnot so it's not any of that it's like oh wait a minute i actually have this god given opportunity to give my kids what they need more than just food and you know a warm bed at night of course right which obviously those are good those are clear responsibilities yeah. Yeah. but the emotional piece Right. Yeah. And, and when, when we can think of it that way, what a gift, what a gift we can give to our kids. So Absolutely. just using that tool, like I'm, I'm again, this isn't just a one and done tool. Like, oh yeah, I did this exercise. Yeah. Okay, cool. Use it with my kid. It's a constant reminder, you know, just like going to the gym. Oh, I went to the gym. Right. 
you know, once I'm good. Thanks. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's a perpetual state of, of Im- improvement and constant maintenance. I love it. Fierce empathy. Yeah. Right. You would hear fierce and empathy separate. You may have a different understanding of what those words mean, but you put them together. It's impactful. Mm-hmm. What an impactful practice as a father to, yeah. pra- you know, to practice that and use that as a filter in your actions, your conversations and how you navigate things with your kids. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's, that's not my idea. Of course it was, uh, yeah. the, the guy's name is David Waldy, who maybe I'll cool. uh, share an introduction. Uh, he's a great guy, but yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, you know, Seth right now as a dad, what is an area of growth that you're excited about or that you're diving into right now? Mm, an area of growth as a dad, yeah. I would say kind of like I was saying before, knowing that these times in my kids' lives are, are fleeting, you know, they're only going to be 15 once, 11 once, you know, there's, there's a the finite amount of juicy stories, right. That my daughter is going to want to hear. So don't let things that are inconsequential like work or emails or this or that, or whatever, get in the way of those. Right. So that that's one thing that I'm, I'm really making myself aware of and really spending time with kids. Like, okay, my kid likes to do mountain biking or skateboarding or practicing violin or classical music and, or Taekwondo. And these are actual things that all three of my kids have a range of. So let's make it a point to pour into that and ask questions, be curious. Hey, what are you doing? What's going on and support them in that. It's like, okay, they have no, no matter what our kids get into, like, you know, hobbies or, or, uh, different pursuits and stuff, they're giving you like, they're kind of over here standing, waving their hands like, hey, I'm naturally interested in this, you know, and it might it might not be something that was on our radar. Like, well, I played soccer and I want you to go to soccer and this is how it has to be. No, they're waving their hands. Hey, I like classical music. I like violin. OK, let's get some violins. Let's go to lessons. Let's support you and your orchestra stuff. Right. So dads really pay attention to that because it, it may not look like you uh it, their, their preferences or like pursuits or stuff like that may not, you know, your, your kid may not be the star quarterback like you were. Okay. That's fine. Right. But what else are they kind of waving, you know, per, um, uh, like hypothetically waving their arms in the air saying, Hey, I like this. I like this. Okay. That is an entrance points for you to bolster your relationship with your kid. And I just want dads to, to not overlook that because it's really important. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. You know, one of the things that I've had to dig into that's a little bit tough uh, for mm-hmm. me because it was never my thing growing up, but my my son's into these games like on like Minecraft and oh, yeah. Among Us and these things. I mean, he's nine, yeah. well, almost yeah. nine. He's eight, but almost nine. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm just, I've never been interested in that type of thing, but he is so into it. Yeah. And I just remember a couple of weeks ago when I leaned over and looked at him and, and he was just kind of milling about the house. I'm like, hey man, do you want to go play Minecraft for a little bit? And he was like yeah. blown away. The, and he was like so jacked and excited. And yesterday I was bringing him back from soccer practice in the rain. And he's like, dad, that was really fun last week when we played that. Can we do that again? Yeah. And to do it. And that reminder of being there means mm-hmm. actually just being in tune with what's going on around you. And it, sometimes it takes work to observe your kids so deeply to know that, okay, yeah. I'm going to be vulnerable as a dad. I'm going to dive into this, even though I may not be good at it. I may not be interested in it, but I'm interested and I love my child. And so I'm going to be there for them. So yeah, I love that. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, good, great job on that, right? You, you are paying attention like, oh, okay. I've seen him, you know, play these games. I don't really care about games, but he does. Hmm, okay. That can be an in my, one of my sons 
used to like these um like little model it do you remember uh voltron back in the day like uh, maybe that was here in the states or something it was a cartoon it was like robots okay. kind of thing you know so okay. there's the like this this new iteration of of this this was a couple of years ago and they were called gundams and i think they were really popular in japan and stuff like that and it's like these little tiny plastic like models that you know like a model car kind of thing yeah. you know like when we did when we were kids and um they're very intricate right and he used to love those and i was like okay i really don't care about this but it became i was like hey let's want to go to the hobby shop and get a thing and he was like yes awesome and then yeah. we would sit at night and you had to you know take the parts out and like file down and like put them together and put decals on them and stuff like that and i loved that because it was just him and i in his room at his little table just doing this you know i mean sometimes we wouldn't even say much he would say, hey, I need, you know, F1 or, you know, B2 parts or something. I would get it, break it off, file it down, and then give it to him, and he would build the thing. Yeah. It was just so cool. So That's it's like cool. just paying attention to those little things really, really matter. Yeah. Cool. You know, Seth, you you mentioned the podcast, um, but you have a, a depth of resources and information out there. If someone listening to this wants to connect with you or find more information about you and what Melanie are doing, where can they do that? Yeah, thank you so much. So you can go to Anatomy of Us dot com and there we have our, all of our resources we have a lot of free pdf resources also more information on a couple other things that we do such as high performance marriage coaching um, i have a mastermind group a men's husbands mastermind group and then also melanie runs a women's coaching coaching group and um, you can also find us on anatomy of us pod on instagram and i think facebook too but most everything lives on anatomy of us.com amazing seth thank you for being here today Thanks for coming on and taking away time from your wife and your family uh, to spend with us. Yeah, absolutely, Cam. Thank you so much. And yeah, uh, you're doing awesome work. It is needed. Um, I bet you and I and your listeners wish that our dads had podcasts like this. Uh, you know, no matter what they were doing, um, it would have been awesome. So keep up the good work, brother. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, Go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.